The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contests. Every week, there is a free $350 NFL contest and a free $250 contest. Just head to oddscrowd.com to sign up. And of course, don't forget to download the SGP and app your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Week one is officially in the books and nobody is as excited as myself and my guest that football season has finally begun in earnest. There is play on the field, actual play on the field to talk about and of course to overreact to because what fantasy football players do not overreact to all of week one and that is what we are here to do and maybe we'll talk you off the ledge, maybe we'll uh, give you some good insight but uh, John Jackson is here and he is going to be talking down some stuff with me. John, welcome to the show my friend. I think this is your first time on, yeah? This is. This is my debut experience uh, the debut episode. I'm, I'm excited to to hop on and uh, talk about week one. I mean, by now we we all know everything we need to know about every team, right? Every team, every situation, every player. No one else needs any other help, and so we've all got yeah. it, right? Yep. After week one, I don't know what it is, but so many decisions are made. It just snap decisions are made right after week one. The waiver wire is full of people that everybody has given up on already after uh, one simple game. And then everybody's clamoring for that new waiver wire thing. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some of these players that you could find. Okay, maybe not on the waiver wire, but people might be trying to deal these guys. So let's, let's tell you that this is a combo overreaction combo, uh, buy low, sell high type of a situation or even the reverses true too. So, uh, John, we load up three minutes on the clock. We're going to go down 10 players and uh, we're just going to have ourselves a good time. So are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's start on the Thursday night game. The most overreacted thing that I've seen since overreaction has been invented (laughs) Zeke Elliott gets 11 carries for 33 yards, two catches for six yards, and everybody is now clamoring to get off of the Zeke wagon. John, are they justified, or is this something where we're uh, literally overreacting in week one? You know, by the eye test, I was uh, thinking that the Cowboys are now running back by committee, um, and and Pollard and Zeke are, are, are kind of 1A and 1B, but the stats will kind of tell you differently. I mean, uh, Zeke played 83% of the snaps. Um, and I think, uh, you know, he had 60, uh, over 60% of the r- rushes. Um, and I just think the Tampa Bay Bucks are just an incredibly strong front. I mean, Vita Vea was just moving people around left and right all game. Um, I think this is still a buy low on Zeke. Uh, I do think Tony Pollard has a fantasy flex potential in future weeks, but I don't think that Zeke is washed. I don't think it's the end of the end of the world for Zeke. I just think the bucks are really freaking good and it's going to be a hard defense to run against all year. But my thing is this, I wasn't sure that we'd see Pollard nearly as much as we did. I I feel like it might've been a little more than anticipated. I mean, I know that you said that Zeke got 80 some odd percent of snaps, but it felt like now look, cause here's the thing when you watch, right. And you're, and you're a manager that has Zeke or you're a manager that has somebody like that. And you're, and you're watching and you're not seeing what you're used to seeing. You feel like the player is on the other players on the field more than they are. And that's what it felt like. Am I right? 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I think a lot of a lot of the time Zeke was in there, he might might have been in there in pass protection. I mean, I think when you play the Bucks, it's kind of similar to when you're playing the when you're playing the Chiefs and you're just trying to put up as many points as possible. Um, and the Cowboys, I mean, what Zach uh, Dak had like sixty passes or something like that. So I think uh, I, I just think it was a is a crazy game. Uh, a little bit of the you know, opposite end of the spectrum from maybe what some of their typical games are going to be. And I, I wouldn't worry too much about Zeke just yet. Yeah, Dak threw the ball a lot. I couldn't even not believe oh, yeah. how much he was putting it up through the air. And look, for good reason, too, because his guys were coming down with the ball. And he actually looked... Oh, yeah really solid i mean we don't have an overreaction part on him but um i I think if you're going to overreact on him you're going to be pleasantly surprised and maybe going to grab after him after seeing what he did uh, on thursday night yeah for sure for sure i think zach uh, i keep calling him zach (laughs) i think he's going to be zeke dak whatever uh i think he's going to be great i i think i mean this happens to the cowboys kind of every year it seems like as as they come out of the gate they're looking pretty hot um, unfortunately, you know, uh, he got injured last year and it kind of fizzled out, but if he can stay healthy, I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be a pretty high powered offense that you want to have pieces from. Yeah, this is definitely one of those situations where I was wrong and I, I certainly will eat it that the Cowboys look better than I gave them credit for uh, to start the the year. So, uh, But a team that a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for and some of those may have come crashing down after week one in a way that has everybody just in outrage one way or the next. I don't know who saw this coming. I mean, you go check our NFL picks. Maybe you'll see who saw this coming. But Green Bay goes down. Aaron Jones, one of the like top running backs off the board, right? Gets five carries for nine yards, yeah. two catches for 13 yards. Clearly not RB1 numbers. But are we overreacting about his performance today, John? I, I just think, I mean, in general, the Packers' performance in week one was just disgusting, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you wearing my Packers hat. I'm a Packer fan and I had to turn the game off at halftime shortly thereafter. Jordan love enters the game and, and, and takes over for Rogers because it's just completely mop up garbage time. Um, and I think obviously you're not spending a, a late first round, early second round pick on a running back. That's going to go for five carries and nine yards. That doesn't feel great after week one. Um, and I think there's going to be, there was already some people worrying about AJ Dillon. Um, and he started to get kind of popular late in the off season. Um, and I think there's going to be some people that look at the box score this week and they look at the, the rushing share and they look at how each of those guys did and they're going to start to get nervous about Aaron Jones. And I think, I, I just think this is another really good buy low opportunity, um, because there's the context that you have to bring into the game, right? The, 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 uh, Packers were behind, so they weren't running the ball. I mean, they were immediately behind, like, by a ton. So they weren't going to be running the ball a bunch. And then, I mean, literally halfway through the third quarter, it's just all the second-string, third-string guys that are playing uh, for the rest of the game. So, I mean, Kylan Hill, a uh, third-string running back, who's a, who's a, a stud player, great, had a great preseason, uh, had the same amount of carries as Aaron Jones. So it's just, I, I think if you are an Aaron Jones owner, you just have to throw that week away. Don't ever look at it. Um, and if there is somebody in your league who is, is fired up and wants to get rid of Aaron Jones, I would, I would toss some offers out there. I'm wondering, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'd, I'd love to see what the trade situation is for Aaron Jones. How many people have put him on the block already after this week? Because I, I got to think that there's a lot of managers that are getting trigger fingers and wanting to grab somebody uh, other than Aaron Jones. I know that I have Aaron Jones on my rosters, a couple of my rosters, and I'm not panicked. I do understand the situation, and I know that Aaron Jones is a much better running back than he was in week one. So, I mean, I'm not panicking. Yeah, I mean, like if you just look at the Packers overall, I mean they scored they scored like just around fifty total PPR fantasy points as a team in Week One. I mean, there are some weeks where Aaron Jones plus Devontae Adams is fifty points themselves. So I, I just think uh, it is just a is a really absurd week, very low scoring. 
um, you know, very low production, and he's going to have a couple bounce back weeks, and he's going to have uh, still going to have a, a plenty of good season, in my opinion. But Super Bowls are won and lost in Week One, so I'm just saying, exactly, like, it's it's all you know, and, and championships, fantasy championships are won and lost in Week One. So yeah, Aaron Aaron Jones uh, managers just trade him now. Just I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hang tight, man. Be patient. Be patient. Uh, well, we'll turn to the guy handing him the, off the ball because. Look, the offseason was already enough of a clotted situation for Aaron Rodgers. Will he, won't he, uh, he does, okay, but now what? And so a lot of that narrative goes into what we saw in week one because now folks are saying, well, now, does Aaron Rodgers have his heart in this season? So the answer may not have been this week, 15 to 28, 133, like you said, didn't even play most of the second half, two interceptions. I mean, what are we doing with Aaron Rodgers? Because I don't know. One game might actually be telling in this instance. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot to be said for uh, the offseason that Rodgers had and how that kind of trickled into the Packers organization in week one. Um, as a Packers fan myself, I'm not a, wasn't a huge fan of the way he handled himself this offseason. I think uh, I just I just kind of kept wanting more. Like, what what are you actually? Karen, what, what are you complaining about? What you're not, you're not, uh, you know, you Matthew Stafford, or you're not, you're not, you're not one of these teams. You know, you're on the freaking Packers who've made the, the the conference championship. You know, you know, the last like three, last five years or something like that. So, you know, fandom aside, and being frustrated with Rodgers is fine, but I, I do think you know he wasn't as locked in this offseason as he may have had in previous years. He obviously didn't have a lot of work with the receivers this offseason. He wasn't. He you know he was on on vacations and, and doing Jeopardy instead of, uh, you know, meeting up at high schools and, and throwing balls at Devontae Adams. Um, and it's just a different mindset. And I think that's the, the, the Packers are going to get off to a bit of a slow start this year as Rodgers tr- tries to work back into his rhythm with some of his guys. I mean, they don't really have a ton of new receivers, right? So there's there's some of that uh, chemistry that hopefully will pop up back up pretty quickly. But I mean, he was just completely off in week one, overthrown left and right, wasn't really on page with anybody. Um, and so I think I think there is some cause for concern here. And I, and I would be nervous if I uh, was an Aaron Rodgers, uh, had had Aaron Rodgers as my only quarterback in the league. I would I would start looking for some other options here in the first couple of weeks um, until he maybe hits a stride. Yeah, I certainly don't know that I'd be starting him week two. I, I feel a little bit like the rust might definitely be on. And again, his head may not even be in the game. When you reach a certain point in in a in a job, in a sport, in whatever, right? When you finally hit that plateau, that, I guess plateau, where you've done everything you kind of want to do. I mean, I'm sure Aaron would love to win a couple more Super Bowls, but he's got one. Oh. He's got one. My finger didn't go all the way. Uh, so it's like, how many more does he want? And he's not Tom Brady, so he's not going to be the greatest of all time. So maybe he's reached that point where, you know, this is it. This might be his only, his last season of playing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, the one, the, the interview he did with Aaron Andrews on Sunday morning uh, on national TV and then the, the inner, you know, the, the kind of uh, soliloquy he gave at the podium uh, in Packers camp just kind of reinforce the fact that he's just still not very uh, stoked about the situation. And I think, you know, that's fine to do in the off season, but I was kind of hoping that he was going to be able to set it aside a little bit and, and move on um, and kind of start focusing about football. And it doesn't really seem like he's there yet. So I, I just, uh, I think the jury's kind of still out on how Rogers is going to do this year. Yeah. Well, again, you know, this is one of those situations where if you feel comfortable rolling them out in week two, okay, but just be warned that it may take another couple games for this offense to get clicking again. Uh, don't, you know, we said don't panic on Jones, um, but Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I mean, maybe Jones affects or Rodgers affects Jones. Who knows? But, you know, whatever. You know, you are always ready to win money and boost your odds. So, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Plus, get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL and NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. There are great promos right now, odds and payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. So answer this, are you ready to play? 
Well, guess what? Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. It is a risk-free $500 sports bet. Can't get any simpler than that, folks. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start. All right, let's move on because we have got a guy who is no stranger to week one performances and week one <laughs> week one uh, head turners, but then drops off the page. So let's do this again, John, because I want to overreact one more time to a week one Sammy Watkins performance. So please help me do it. Sammy Watkins, what does he go? Four for 96 in week one and a new team, new situation. But is this a better Sammy Watkins? I I hesitate to say that this is a better Sammy Watkins, but like you said, I mean, last year, seven for 82 and a touchdown. The year before that was the famous nine for 198 and three touchdowns. Um, the guy just performs well in week one, and it's, uh, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, I do... Uh, you know, the last two seasons when he's on the Chiefs, right, there's, uh, there's obviously a cause for concern with the big explosion. And it's just kind of a, kind of a known that it's not going to be sustainable, right? They're obviously going to go to a Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey more throughout the season. And, and, and uh, Watkins is just kind of there for the, the boom potential. Um, I do think that he's got a little bit more uh, of a, a bigger role here on the Ravens. Um, but with that being said, I mean, you know, the Ravens are just a, just a mess with with injuries this offseason um and i think that just that stress overall on the team kind of carried over into week one and we just saw um offense didn't look great i mean they put points up on the board but you would have expected them to kind of look a little bit better against the raiders um so i think uh i do think it's uh, just a classic sammy Watkins overreaction we got to take into account that he is a bit older as well so there's always that inherent Hammy pull coming up in week four or something like that. Um, that that might be popping up there. But I do think uh, he's got a little bit more potential to sustain a better role this year, kind of being that uh, wide receiver two option, potentially wide receiver one B to, to Marquise Brown one A. Um, so so I'm not uh, I'm not completely selling high on him this week. I, I'm fine holding on to Watkins if he's on your roster. Oh, which is funny because I'm actually selling high. I, I feel like this is one of those okay. situations. Yeah, no, and and because this is it. You know, this is everybody wants to hold out for this is the season, right? This is the season. But I think now he's got the most value he's going to have all season long, and that if somebody wants to deal for him, take. I would almost say whatever you can get out of it because um, you could probably get yourself a good RB2. Um, I don't know that anybody's given you a, a wide receiver one. Uh, but yeah, if you can get a good RB2, maybe one of these guys that we start talking about in the second half of the show, um, if you can grab one of these guys, quite possibly that's that's the move you make because I don't think Sammy's going to sustain this this season. He's burned me before. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure if you are holding on to him, you got to... Keep your eye on the Rashad Bateman news. Um, I, I see that I, I saw that he's on IR, so um, he's at least out for the first couple weeks. Um, uh, you know, inherently, there's going to be a time that comes when it's you know, hey, let's say it's week seven and Bateman is scheduled to come back. Well, now we're starting. You know, week six, people are going to be trying to sell off Watkins uh, to get to, to to get ready for that Bateman news. So uh, definitely be ahead of that kind of uh, momentum, um, but. You know, I, 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 I still think he's uh, he's worth holding on to um, on your roster for a couple weeks here. But I, I agree with your overall thesis that he should probably get sold earlier in the season um, rather than held throughout the season. I agree. Okay, let's talk about somebody. Look, a 9 for 69 line normally would be something that you're okay with, right? It's something that you would take. It's okay. Decent PPR numbers. But out of a guy like Stephon Diggs, you are expecting a heck of a lot more, especially out of that Bills offense. And I have seen, we pulled a lot of these uh, these overreactions off of the, the fantasy football Reddit, and I have seen people talking already that Diggs is absolutely washed after one 9-for-69 performance in week one. <sighs> I got to catch my breath because I don't understand. John, explain it to me. No, I mean... I, I, I think there's just absolutely no reason to uh, overreact here. I mean, he, you know, still saw a 30% target share, um, 14 targets. Um, I would be hard pressed to find any situation this year where the bills are going to be held to 16 points again. 
Um, I, you know, that's a team that I could see putting up 30 points a week. Um, and I just think they ran into a tough Steelers team. Who knows? The Steelers could be really good. Their defense could be really good again this year. Um, and the Bills could just come out and completely thrash the Dolphins this week. And we're sitting here a week from today saying, wow, the, uh, the Steelers just must have a really good defense because they held the Bills to 16 points. So I, I mean, if, if you are, if you are frustrated in a first round receiver who is not turning targets into yards after week one, uh, that's just still an elite target share. Um, I know he didn't get the points. I know he didn't get uh, didn't get exactly what you needed, probably to to win your week or something like that. But I, you, you got to hold Stephon Diggs. And if there is a crazy guy who is is pissed off about him in your league or something like that, like, go for it. Throw some uh, throw some low balls offers out there and see what see what you can grab. It's it's amazing to me how after week one, it's just the 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 corrections that people try to make on their rosters. Look, stand by your draft. Stephon Diggs was a second round, you know, sometimes in in some cases yeah. I saw a first, first round pick. Maybe, yeah. yeah oh, so yeah. why are you so ready to give up on a first round pick after one week of football? If, um, if you were playing in a three week fantasy football league, absolutely. Or maybe eliminator league. Now you're done because of it. I don't know. It's, there's no scenario in which I'm saying Stephon Diggs is washed and or getting rid of him at this point. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the kind of advanced stats is uh, racer, um, which is like the ratio of receiving yards to air yards, um, and it's kind of an efficiency metric a little bit. Um, and Stephon Diggs was extremely low this week. He had 156 air yards uh, to only 69 receiving yards. It's a racer of 0.44, um, which is really out of the norm for him. I mean, I think he was up in the high sixes, low or high point six, low point seven, which is which is really elite last season. Um, so I would be banking on that regression coming back. I think it's a positive that he got saw 150 yards through the air um, and he just wasn't completely tuned in uh, with Allen yet. Uh, but please do not do not get rid of Dix. He is uh, he's going to be a he's going to be a stud top top five top three receiver all season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everybody's entitled to one down game, and if that comes in week one and you're ready to pull the trigger on him then I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you're probably going to come in last in your league <laughs> or not. Yeah. I don't know. What do I know? I, I only know that uh, we overreact to, to all these situations. So, uh, all right, we got to step away for just a second. We're going to pay some bills, come back. We got five more overreactions on the clock. Again, maybe some of these guys you can start to look for because I think a few of them are worth going after. Uh, we'll see what John thinks after the break. As always, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available. You can browse the activity feed to stay in the know. Plus, they got a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and so much more. Go use the promo code SGP right now on your first deposit. PropSwap is going to match it up to five hundred dollars you didn't hear that wrong five hundred dollars if you love sports betting you need to be using prop swap with prop swap your bet does not even need to win i say it every week and i mean it it doesn't need to win in order to money it just needs to improve when making your bets always make sure to go for two make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and of course leave one for yourself to keep some skin in the game thousands of buyers across the country right now they're shopping for tickets on prop swap every single day day so get started today by going to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app PropSwap is where america buys and sells sports bets if you're looking for simple stress-free ways to keep your hair guess what keeps has that it is convenient with a virtual doctor consultation and medication delivered straight to your door every three months so guess what you don't have to leave your home how good is that you want low cost well guess what treatment started just ten dollars a month and keeps offers generic versions of your favorite treatment keeps also has discreet packaging and proven results so you don't have to worry about anything because guess what keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors so prevention is key Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. So here's the thing. If you are ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's right, for 
free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash S-G-P to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash S-G-P. PicksWise is the number one app for sports betting picks helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in-depth analysis on every game, all for free. It's my favorite word. Have you found your pick? Search the latest sportsbook promotions to sign up for an account, compare the odds, and finally place your bet. So download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are overreacting to the week one in fantasy football. John Jackson, SGPN's own. He is the man behind the flow chart. I love, love that flow chart. We'll give him a chance to plug it at the end. But if you have not checked out John's weekly flow charts, man, and you're not winning any money, shame on you. So, uh, all right, that's an overreaction. I, I think so, uh, you know, telling people to shame on them, but that's okay. I still am disappointed in you. Uh, all right. Let's move on to a gentleman who, listen, I did not give a whole heck of a lot of credit to. I will be the first to admit um, I wrote this off. But after week one, I'm not sure if my overreaction is justified or not on Jameis Winston, 14 of 20, 148 yards. But get this, five touchdowns, six rushes for 37 yards to go on top of that. A tidy little line, not a lot of yards, but touchdowns are really what count, especially in, in uh, the bigger, bigger uh, you know, t- touchdown only league. So, John, what's your thoughts on this Jameis Winston week one? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, the like 25% touchdown percentage of passes to touchdowns is is uh, pretty pretty insane and, and obviously not sustainable. Is it going to be anywhere close to a number that really anybody hits this season? Um, but, you know, watching that Packers game, um, I saw a stat pop up on the TV. Uh, there was some, you know, I forget how many passes it was, but it was like 900 passes or something like that where – it had been between Rogers' last two interceptions, and then he went three passes in a row and hit two interceptions between them. Uh, so it was a lot of short fields uh, for the Saints, which is why you see a lot of those touchdowns and a low yardage. Um, so in general, I don't. I think it is an overreaction to say, "Holy crap, Jameis Winston is slinging it and he's going to be a stud this year." But on the flip side. I do think that he um, was being uh, vastly underdrafted in the offseason. Um, obviously, we didn't get the kind of clarity that we wanted from Sean Payton until, until quite a bit later in the offseason about that Winston was actually going to start. But um, I was surprised not to see his ADP spike up quite a bit more than it did. Um, maybe some of it was negated by the Michael Thomas uh, injury um, and just trying to figure out who even he would be throwing it to. But I mean, the guy was a gunslinger um, for the Bucks, and even though he, you know, set the record for uh, interceptions or, or whatever in a season or had that that crazy season, he he still just uh, puts up a lot of fantasy points, even though it doesn't always work out for W's for his team. Um, so I, I, I do think Jameis has a lot of fantasy potential this year. Uh, it's not going to be this hyper-efficient uh, way that he did it in week one, but um, I, I think it's sustainable, and I think he's going to have a, a statistically good season. Jameis Winston, good for fantasy, bad for real football, except for this week. I mean, again, this was such an an anomaly of a week for him. And again, maybe I was a little too low, but I I don't see this as a sustainable, like not five touchdowns a week is obviously not sustainable. So um, if anything, you could probably see something in the 200, two touchdown, two interception range for Jameis Winston every week. And if that's, if that's what you're going to get, that's a super flex quarterback two. I think every week and, and maybe that's about as good as you're going to get out of him for the rest of the season. Um, again, I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're deciding between, you know, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, Jameis has a lot more upside than some of those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, even though he's got that <laughs> high upside interception potential as well, I mean, he's got the 400 yards in him. He's got the four touchdown days in him. Um, and some of those other guys don't exactly. So 
Um, I, I agree with you. He's a he's a great uh, QB two if you're in a super flex league. Um, and I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be too worried about trying to find another guy. I think he's a he's a pretty safe option to plug in there. Which is crazy. I didn't even put Jimmy Garoppolo on here because I'm not going to overreact. I'm a Niner fan, and I would probably just be way too passionate about that because uh, it was a hell of a game and a hell of a turnout. But here's a quarterback that a lot of people had, again, high hopes for. Uh, high hopes in in the complete opposite way that people had low expectations for Jameis Winston. And this is Ryan Tannehill, who went 21 of 35, 212, one touchdown, one interception. Not a terrible stat line all the way, but this might be more of an overreaction to the Titans as a whole rather than just Ryan Tannehill. So what are we thinking on the Tannehill uh, front? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the Titans' performance in general against the Cardinals was uh, concerning, I think, uh, to say the least. I mean, uh, I ruled out Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones in the flowchart last week. I thought that was a pretty good play in DFS. I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. Um, And then everything broke the way that we wanted in the first half. Uh, You know, the Cardinals jumped out to a big lead. Uh, Tannehill, unfortunately, had an interception, too, but... You wanted that kind of garbage time catch-up game from Tannehill. You wanted them to pretty much, you know, get rid of any Derrick Henry potential if you're playing uh, Titans stack in in, in uh, DFS. And then it just kind of didn't happen. And uh, I think the – I was thinking that the Titans in the second half were going to be what the Lions were against the Niners, right? That just rampant comeback and, and crazy stuff happening. And, and we just didn't see it from the Titans. And, and I think uh, – I do think there is a bit of a cause for concern, mainly because of the new offensive coordinator this year. Um, and they, they, I saw some uh, stuff that they didn't do as much play action in week one as they did last year. And, and I think there, there may be some underlying um, tendencies that, that may be a bit concerning. Um, but with that being said, I mean, I do like to bet on the talent and they are clearly very talented and it's still a pretty condensed um, production when it comes to their receiver tree. And so I think, you know, if you are throwing the ball up to Julio Jones and AJ Brown every week, you're going to do better. Uh, you're, you're going to, you're going to have some big games. Um, and so I, I do think that there's some, some reason to be cautious when it comes to what is their offense going to look like? Is it going to be as efficient in the red zone as it was last year? Is it going to be as a uh, high scoring as it was last year? There, there could be some cause for, there could be some pause there, but in general, I just think he's gonna he's gonna have a, a lot better games moving forward this season just because of the talent around him. Yeah, I was somebody that went absolutely hard. I drank every bit of Kool Aid that Ryan Tannehill was serving in the off season because I really was so high on this Tennessee offense um, with Derrick Henry back, Julio Jones, AJ Brown. You know, it just it had that feel that this was going to be a very acrobatic offense. Um, and of course, in Week One, it was a little disappointing, especially when you draft a lot of Ryan Tannehill and watch most of those yeah. rosters not go on to win. Right, right. I, I think uh, I, I, he, he's got a big uh, matchup this week against Seattle. Um, that is another game that on paper is probably going to look like a shootout. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, see if he's able to bounce back um, and put up some points against uh, Russell Hustle and Bustle. I'd sure like to think so. I think that one's going to be a pretty uh, a pretty even a game, and I think it's going to be a lot of, of passing. I know, but Derrick Henry's got to get going. I mean, this is a guy again, first overall in some leagues, second overall in others. It just he's got to get going. Uh, but yeah. somebody who did get going, holy cow! And I've seen already that this guy is over George Kittle, and I want to go through the internet and. You know, I can't fight over the internet, but I want to. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, eight for 97 with a touchdown and a two point conversion. They say he's the second coming of Kelsey. I say slow your roll. This is still Jared Goff, and that was a heck of a weird game in the second half there. So, what do you think, John? Yeah, I mean, I. I do love Hawk, um, and uh, even though he's he's getting comparisons over <laughs> over uh, Kittle, he he does. Uh, they are off season buddies. I think they are uh, workout partners, and that was a reason that I was pretty big on Hawk last season. Uh, seeing that he was kind of in the Kittle camp and and trying to uh, to to be lockstep with Kittle, um, and so I think we're seeing uh, some of that play out a little bit this year. Uh, and then the other thing that you just got to remember with the Lions, I mean. 
who are they passing the ball to besides Hawkinson and besides their running backs, right? I mean, their their receiving core is just a lot of question marks. Um, and, you know, maybe there's going to be a guy that ends up shaking out uh, towards the end of the year. Maybe it's a, a Quintez Cephas or, or maybe it's a Monra St. Brown. Um, but there's just a lot of guys that are kind of fighting for playing time, fighting for targets. Um, and the two real knowns on the offense are Hawkinson and the running backs. Um, and we saw that play out, uh, in week one. I mean, between Hawkinson, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, they accounted for like 75, 80% of their fantasy points, um, against the Niners. And that is like, that is a crazy condensed, uh, uh, fantasy production, um, on a team and you you like hardly ever see that happen where there's like no wide receivers in the mix um but i you know i, I would uh you know ease your thoughts on saying hawkinson's the you know best tight end in the league but i think uh, i think he's a stud and he's got some staying power and i think he's gonna definitely work his way into the top five conversation uh, for a lot of the year yeah, it's funny you said that. I definitely, I was thinking to myself, at least top five potential. I would definitely say top yeah. five uh, in the end, especially if they get into games like they did uh, against the Niners, where they have to throw the ball a lot to try to come back in the second half. Um, that's definitely where where Hawks' value is going to come in. And look, you know, you can't it, better than Kittle and better than Kelsey. I don't. There's a lot of folks that like to really toss around that this guy's the best in the league. And look, time may tell, but as of right. Now I'm still keeping Kittle and Kelsey over Hawk, but you know, again, I can understand. I guess I can understand. Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I. I mean, I'm not sure how many times the Lions are going to be scoring 31 or whatever, 35 points or whatever it was that they scored uh, this last week too. I mean, I think that was a bit of an anomaly too. I mean, we know Jared Goff's got garbage kind of time potential. We saw it a lot on the Rams. Um, but it, it just seems a little bit unsustainable, especially the way they got there uh, with so much coming through Hawkinson and the running backs. Uh, that seems like a pretty easy thing to kind of scheme against if there's not really many big threats on the outside. So um, I, I would uh, definitely be probably selling it high on, on some Lions, but because the tight end is just such a tough position to figure out, um, and it's just a, such a touchdown dependent position as well. Um, I would definitely be holding on to hold on to Hawk uh, for for the long haul. Yeah, I think you have to in this case, especially since he struck gold early, and now he is worth a lot. But you still you don't want to give up that value. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast, it's easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win. That's up to 10 times your money. Prize Picks is the only way I play. In fact, right now I am looking at three hot receiving props here on Prize Picks uh, that I am looking at this week. So George Kittle, they got him listed at 68 and a half. I am smashing that over. George Kittle just did wonderful things for us last week, uh, over 70 yards, and I think he's going to get over 70 yards again against Philadelphia. It's George Kittle's world. We're all just living in it. Debo Samuel, holy cow, they've got him at 74 and a half. Look, I know he's not going to get over 180 yards again against Philadelphia, but that Niner receiving game was on fire, and Debo Samuel was absolutely a part of that. So I'm getting the over on Debo Samuel of 74 and a half. Miles Sanders, this is a this is a good one. I think this will be an okay one uh, against San Francisco in that same game. 20 and a half receiving yards for Miles Sanders. What he had 39 last week. I think he could do it again. I know that the Lions pass catch or the Lions running backs rather were hot and heavy in the pass game, and I think that may stay the same. Uh, that might be a formula to use against the 49ers. So give me Miles Sanders over 20 and a half. Those are my three prize picks uh, props that I'm looking at. And uh, go win yourself some money with them. Use our promo code SGP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's prize picks promo code SGP. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. There's not. There's not a catch at all. 
Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. So for people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Plus, all plans come with unlimited talks and text, high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Not to mention, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan. You like your phone? Keep it. And you can keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. How great is that? And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, my favorite word again, go to mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. That's mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash sgp. Are you the best better in the U.S.? I know the answer to that already. And so do you. But the folks at Odds Crowd right now, they're challenging you to prove it this football season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Every week of the season, there is a $350 NFL contest and a $250 contest. And the boys here at the SGPN are taking part. So, of course, always try to claim those bragging rights over us. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, guess what? You win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can go live group, chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up fantasy contests with your buddies, and all kinds of other fun stuff. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And as always, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store or the Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and our podcasts just like this one. So don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, let's move on to the Chiefs. Their running back situation has always been suspect, but uh, this week I don't know. I've seen some overreactions on either side. Actually, I've seen some that CEH is going to bust out and be, uh, this is his breakout year, and then I've also seen the, the folks to say, oh no, here we go again. Another CEH disappointing season. 14 for 43 last week, 3 for 29 through the air. Um, modest numbers to say the least. So this is one of those lines where people are going to overreact either way. Um, I'm saying that this is probably going to be another CEH disappointment season. Uh, but John, what are, what are we thinking on this? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get too worked up if you are looking at some of the usage, uh, usage stats uh, from this last week, um, mainly because the game that they played against the Browns, the Chiefs played against the Browns, is probably going to be a bit of a different game script than they're typically going to be in this year. Um, I mean, the Browns had a had a pretty hefty lead and and had a had a kind of a two score lead for a lot of that game. Um, and the Chiefs were were kind of in catch up mode. Um, and obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes plus Tyreek Hill plus Travis Kelsey is is a is a pretty easy recipe for a quick comeback, and we saw that happen. Um, but because they were playing from behind so much, you know, it didn't really lead to a lot of uh, running back involvement. Um, so. Uh, if you are, are kind of looking at Tyreek Hill's, or, or sorry, Clyde Edwards Hilaire's line and it's not really jumping out of you, just kind of take that into context on the game that they were playing in. Um, but the other thing to look at is like the Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon involvement, which is basically zero. Um, I think Williams maybe had a, had a couple, uh, had a couple targets or attempts, um, and McKinnon didn't have any. So, um, I think the, the bell cow potential there is, is there for Clyde Edwards. Um, and I think he's, he's probably going to see, uh, a, a couple more targets if they're in kind of a normal, uh, a little bit no- of a normal game. And it's not just Patrick Mahomes just flinging it down to Tyree Hill the whole second half. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I still think, uh, the jury's still out on it. I mean, I'm not like, like you're saying, I'm not really like, you know, penciling him in as, Hey, he's going to be a locked in RB one every week. Um, but at the same time, I'm definitely not going to be too worried about uh, what his uh, numbers were looking like this year because I know that that's not the typical game the Chiefs are going to be playing. 
I'm surprised about McKinnon. I really am. I honestly thought that there would be a lot more usage for him because he is a pass catching back. I mean, he's not necessarily known for that, but he did it in San Francisco and he's really good at it. And the Chiefs love to throw their back. So I was surprised to see him not involved. But yeah, CEH, I don't know. Hold on to him. You drafted him relatively high, so I don't think you're going to get anything really good out of him. Hold on to him. He may pop out, but I'm not really that uh, ambitiously hoping for it. And I don't know that I have him on any of my rosters uh, either. I was pretty sure that I wasn't taking a chance on him because you're right. It's just a three-headed monster over there in Kansas City, and everybody knows it, but you can't stop it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the the good thing about having CEH is – he is on that offense, that high-powered offense, who is liable to score 50 points really any week. And um, at some point, there's going to be a big Michael Hardman game. There's going to be a big Demarcus Robinson game. There's going to be a big CH game. Uh, the whole year isn't just going to funnel through Hill and Kelsey. So um, just being kind of there by association is going to lead to some some spike weeks for CEH. Um, so if you are confident kind of rolling them in there as your RB2 or, or maybe in your flex or something like that, I think I think that's fine. And, and he's still got the, the ceiling kind of upside there on, on any given week. Your favorite best ball running back, CEH. Uh, all right. <laughs> Speaking of somebody, man. So look, injury swirls around, you know, even the greatest of players. And this guy's off season was all about the injury and coming back from the injury. And to turn in a week like Saquon Barkley did in week one, all the people that were banging their chest saying that he wasn't going to come back and be any good are saying, see, I told you. And there are the ones that said, nope, he's coming back better than ever. Say, well, hang on. Cause it was only week one, 10 for 26. Are we panicking right now on Saquon Barkley, or was this just a very, very weird game for the Giants? I mean, to be honest, and this is probably a bit contrarian, but I am probably a bit more positive on the Saquon Barkley side uh, than I am on some of these other guys, Uh, mainly just because I think the situation that we saw out of him this week from a fantasy standpoint was, was poor, right? He put up, you know, four points or something, three points. Um, so it didn't didn't do anything really for your fantasy teams, uh, but there was some concern that he wasn't even going to play or he was going to be limited and and stuff like that in this week. And they kind of uh, gave him a clean bill of health before the game and said he was a full go. Um, now, obviously, they play you know in two days uh, against the football team, Washington football team, and so I think um, if they got into a game where uh, they got behind like they did, I think it was going to be a pretty easy call by the Giants to limit Saquon a little bit um, and not try to overextend him in week one with the quick turnaround coming up in week two. Um, so I, I honestly think that week one for Saquon played out about how I thought it was, and I think it was just a positive that they came out before the game and they, they pretty much said, hey, no, he's not going to be limited. He, he passed all the checks, check marks we wanted, um, and he's a full go. Um, and then it was just kind of a, a yank him out and kind of uh, hold on, hold on for the for the short week. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how he does here in week two uh, uh, on Thursday night. Um, you know, there's potential that he doesn't have a great game either on Thursday, um, just because of that quick turnaround. Still, still fresh. Still hasn't ran the ball in uh, over a year. Um, so. Um, it, it, it really could be looking for like a week three or week four when he's really back to full Saquon. Um, but I, I'm definitely not selling. And I think, I mean, just the fact that this kind of news came out so long ago. I mean, we've been we've been talking about Saquon for six, eight weeks now. Um, if you're drafting him, you know, into the first round, you uh, sometimes even dropping into the second round, you just have, you have to know that this was a situation that was going to pop up and that's, that's kind of a risk you were taking drafting them. So, so just because it happened about exactly how you thought and he put up a bad score, doesn't mean that it's like get off the Saquon himself. Yeah. There was a lot of folks that were just, they were saying that his ADP was entirely too low and that how could they steal him in the second round? And you know, it was a, there was so many people bragging, Oh man, I got me some Saquon in the second round. And it was, you know, but here's the thing. You're right. You know that when Saquon's right, he's going to be the man in, in New York. Like there's just no question about it. So if you're panicking because you drafted him and you thought that he was going to do better and he didn't, um, and, and you weren't really paying attention, I guess, to what was going on in the off season. Uh, and, and then if you're the person that that was saying that he wasn't going to do good, you probably didn't draft him in the first place. So your overreaction is 
I guess the normal reaction that you were going to go with in the first place. So yeah, Saquon's pretty polarizing in that way. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, obviously putting up three points is going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. And especially when you look at, um, you know, McCaffrey and Dalvin cook and Kamara and some of those guys and how they did, um, in week one. But I, I just think, uh, this is just something that was pretty clear exactly how the beginning of the season was going to play out for Saquon. Uh, so don't, don't, uh, don't worry too much about it. Um, he's, he should still come on strong towards the end of the season, which is, which is when it matters the most. Um, and he, he's still going to be a stud, um, and be, be running the ball for, for the Giants, uh, pretty much, um, pretty much, uh, most of their shares, I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. We have reached the end of the list. Wow, man, that was, uh, that went by pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah. John, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where I can find you on the web and all of your fantastic work. Like I said, that spreadsheet is golden and people should be checking it out. So let everybody know where that's at. Yeah. So, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John boy beats. Um, like Rod was talking about, I, I come out with the flow chart, um, which is a daily fantasy, uh, kind of a choose your own adventure on how to make a, make a good, well correlated, well constructed lineup every week, uh, that hopefully will give you a good shot in some tournaments. Um, so that posts on SGPN every, uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, and then I'm, you know, kind of live on Twitter Sunday mornings trying to, trying to keep up with any news and make any tweaks that are needed to the flow chart. And then uh, I'm also working on a, a, a solo project this year called the workload report. Um, that is just a, a, a really big database, uh, Google sheet, um, and a, a separate analysis that goes out through Substack um, that looks through fantasy opportunity, uh, fantasy production, and then fantasy results and just tries to kind of figure out uh, what is going on in the fantasy landscape based on some of these numbers every week. So um, that is uh, pinned on my Twitter as well. If you want to check that out, uh, the, the uh, uh, first couple uh, analyses will be coming out uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of this, uh, this week. The man lives and breathes numbers so you don't have to. And I got to tell you, it is an invaluable part of the SGPN. And I am so thrilled to have have you on. John, this was fun, man. We got to do this again. Yes. Yes, sir. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to come on at any time. Love it. Absolutely. All right. Again, go check John out. Find all his work on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can find all of my work on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network or sportsgamblingpodcast.com. It's been a long day, folks. Uh, but yeah, follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Find this show anywhere where you find your favorite podcasts. And of course, on the SGPN app. Week two is upon us. Thursday night's show will be hosted by somebody else. We're not sure yet, but I will be back with you on Tuesday. Ready to rock with more fantasy content here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Happy that football's back. Thank you, John. Thank you, listeners. Week two, folks, let it ride.